You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good. I'm getting excited that we're late. We're now officially late in the year. 60% of the season is over. We've made it to the off week, and we are solidly in the playoff picture. What I mean by that is, even with a loss, and, and, and it's kind of hard to look look ahead on the schedule and find that date, but even with a loss, we're in pretty good shape right now, so long as it's not a bad loss to a bad team, which is just sort of hard to imagine right now. But just saying, I think we're in the thick of the playoff race yet again. Uh, good call by you, considering most people have us either one or two in the country. I think that's pretty <laughs> good on a limb, I did. I did. Well, one of the things that – it's such a subjective thing, but one of the things I'm most impressed with is go back to 2008 – I think other than maybe once, since 2008, we've been in the national championship race at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thanksgiving rolls around and we're in it. That's, that's freaking amazing. This will be like 12 out of the last, you know, 12 times out of 13 years. That's, a, that's incredible. It, it really is amazing. And, and again, we will never appreciate this enough until Saban retires, right? I mean, we all know that. Um, But there's no way to wrap your brain around the things we're doing at this moment until you get further and further away from what's happening. And that's a shame, but, I mean, it is – I think Poison said it best. Was it Poison? Every rose has its thorn, or was that Motley Crue? Or I can't remember. That was Brett Michaels, CeCe DeVille, Ricky Rocket, and Bobby Dahl of Poison fame. Jesus, please don't ever tell anybody else. <laughs> everybody that was in that band. I can do a lot of the hair. Not a lot. I can do a few of the hair bands. Oh, right. wow. That was I can both, do bon Jovi. the most impressive and scary thing I've heard all day. <laughs> I can do Guns N' Roses. No, but I, dig- I digress. I want you to do none of this. Oh, stop talking. <laughs> Where's the mute button? I mean, I'm trying to save your own reputation here. <laughs> it's too late. Um, okay, uh, Jimmy, anything you want to do to wrap up Mississippi State? Um, you know, that game, it sort of is what it is. It wasn't the, the prettiest of, of all games, although uh, it wasn't Gene Stallings-esque. It was, you know, just again, we talked about it yesterday, it just wasn't the best performance necessarily, even though it was a 41 to nothing shutout. Um, and we did hold them to about 200 yards of total offense and only 37 yards rushing, which should be commended. There's no doubt, but they aren't a, a super uh, badass rushing team. We all know this. So anything else you want to throw out yep. there? Just we wrap that game up. I think, I think a great wrap to it is this, uh, the staff named their players of the week. And for the first time I can recall, in the whole Saban era, I might be wrong. I don't remember this happening before, but for the first time in the Saban era that I can recall, uh, the staff named the entire defense the, the staff players of the week. And this is what that says to me. Uh, I may be wrong, but this, this is the way I read that, is 
Mississippi State's a difficult preparation because they play differently than everyone else in the league. Mike Leach is the other teams throw it around, yeah, but Mike Leach is the only guy in the league that runs this offense. So mm-hmm. you have to come up with a specific plan against it. And Nick Saban noted, hey, we actually worked on this plan back in camp because this is unique. This is we were, we're this is unique, and we didn't want the first time that our players saw this, you know, on Monday of, of the week we're playing them, that wouldn't be enough time to prepare. So I think by naming the whole defense, the, the players of the week, that's the staff saying, wow, we had a unique game plan that's different than anything we've done. And our kids really bought in, paid attention and executed the plan. It wasn't perfect. Uh, of course there were errors uh, from this guy or that guy or this play or this play wasn't defended great, but we want to commend the entire defense for their attention to detail in terms of changing what we do. That's the unique part of college football. The NFL is totally different. The offenses you face every week sort of look alike. They have different pieces and different parts. And some weeks you're playing, you know, Todd Gurley, and the next week you're playing a running back that, that you know, wouldn't start anywhere else in the league. But all the offenses sort of look the same. It's not a highly unique preparation every week. College football is different. You, you, you look at a completely different system week to week, and that's the hard part of playing uh, defense or offense in college football for that reason. And this is the staff commending our guys for uh, – we defended this game differently than all the other games, worked really hard on it, and the kids all bought in. And, and congratulations to kids for doing that. We're really proud of them. So we all should be. Yeah, and Malachi Moore did win freshman of the week. That's his second time to win fresh SEC freshman of the week. Um you know, like I said, this guy's headed towards, you know, potentially making second team all SEC honors. I, I don't think that's crazy. Um, no. He's playing really, really well. And so, yeah, there's a lot of – and Mac Jones did move to the top of most Heisman boards. I mean, in fact, odds-wise, I think he's just ahead of Justin Fields now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence takes a step back, obviously, because he's going to miss his second game in a row this upcoming weekend. And he's only going to have so many primetime moments is Trevor Lawrence, whereas Alabama, we're going to have, you know, the Masters is going to roll right into the LSU-Alabama game. And so Mac Jones will be center stage again there. And, of course, for the Iron Bowl, he'll be center stage in the SEC championship. Uh, Trevor Lawrence isn't going to get many more opportunities. And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to fall victim to something that a a lot of good quarterbacks – who have been good their whole careers do when they haven't won a Heisman already is people just get tired of them. They, they, it, and it's not fair. I'm not saying it's right. I think Trevor Lawrence is the much better NFL prospect. Don't get me wrong, but I think Mac Jones is having a better year. And I think right this moment, if you're giving out a Heisman in the middle of the season, Mac Jones would get it. Well, we complained as Alabama fans. Uh, we, we thought Tua maybe should have won the Heisman when Kyler Murray did, but Tua got hurt and had to miss games, had to miss substantial play, uh, and, and and then played hurt, uh, and it affected his ability. And we all complained uh, this year we could maybe be beneficiaries mm-hmm. of it going in the other direction where, right. you know, it's not fair what's happened to Trevor. It's not fair he didn't do anything wrong to get COVID. Uh, in fact, uh, they were upfront about it. They could have easily just said, no, 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 he's good. Everything's fine. <laughs> just Just kept on going, but they didn't do that. And, uh, yeah, it will be really unfortunate and unfair to Trevor uh, if this costs him the Heisman, but we've seen it happen before. So, uh, and, and as I say all the time, uh, 
most years there is more than one player that's deserving to win the trophy. And that's why there's so many arguments about it. And very rarely does one guy deserve it and no one else does. Most years, multiple players deserve winning the Heisman, but only one guy can. And sometimes it takes a fair amount of luck for you to be that one guy. So maybe Mac can get lucky, but so far is Mac deserving of, of the Heisman trophy? Yeah. Yeah, he is. I'll tell you something you deserve out there, folks, and that's a cooled Coors Light. Go pop open a cooled Coors Light right now as you're listening to this podcast. It, it Little known scientific fact, a cold Coors Light makes this podcast 72% better. That's the truth. And I, I'm, I, you can't fight science. I mean, some people can, but you, it usually doesn't work. Um, Coors Light is what you want on, on these days when everything is go, go, go. And that's every day these days. So you want to relax. Coors Light is made to chill. That's exactly what it's brewed to do right there in Golden, Colorado. You want a cold Coors Light in your hand while you're listening to this podcast. It's the thing to do when you want to relax. You'll feel so much better. And this week, look, you can pop open a few of them. You don't even have to stay, uh, you know, all too terribly sober this week because Alabama's not playing. You don't have to pay attention. You can sort of chill out. I dig it. Cold Coors Light is what you want. Go to CoorsLight.com. Check them out. And please celebrate responsibly. Or if the election didn't turn out the way you want it to, just be depressed responsibly. Whatever, just do it responsibly and have a cool Coors Light. And is there any doubt? Is there any doubt we all need Coors Lights tomorrow? Because if I don't know who's going to win the election, I mean, I, I read the polls and I, I hear what everybody says, and and and, and I, I follow it. I pay attention. But I got one guarantee. And this is why I'm going to be drinking multiple Coors Lights starting tomorrow afternoon. After I'm going to vote tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to go home immediately start responsibly drinking Coors Lights as I watch both parties. No, no, I'll say people from both parties acting like total nincompoops. That's what we're going to see tomorrow afternoon and tomorrow night. It's going to be an all-time national disgrace for everyone. That's what I think we're going to see. That's my bet. And, I, and that is true, I think, no matter who wins. Yep. And, yep. and that, it's going to be disgraceful. Oh, it's going to be so sad. And I, I don't really, I really don't want to talk about it. I'm not a political guy. I'm, um, I get, I'm not talking about it either. I'm, 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 I'm the teacher admonishing all the kids in the room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's what I feel like when I talk about it. And what I Everybody hate, in trouble. About, you know, the, it was funny. Um, Today uh, in Mountain Brook somewhere, and it's kind of weird it happened in Mountain Brook, but it did. And because I saw the pictures, some I assume it's a group of kids. I don't know this, but they spray painted uh, "Get Out of Here, Trump," you know, Biden twenty twenty, and all this stuff all over, like all the white SUVs they could find. And in Mountain Brook, I guess there was a bunch of them. And so people posted all these pictures on Facebook and some people were saying, this is just the most awful thing. And it is awful. I mean, it would be, it, it would really piss me off if somebody had spray painted my it's car, against the law. but they weren't it's even doing it. Yes. It gets a lot. And they weren't even doing it on for cars that had like Trump signs yeah. in their yard. They just did it because they assumed, I think mountain Brook SUV, whatever. And so some people were saying, this is awful. And this is exactly what we're trying to, you know, stop with Biden. And other people were like, oh, I bet it's somebody 
Trump probably did to make people think Biden people did it. And, oh, and I was thinking, guys, y'all are missing worse. the entire point here. The point is somebody, I don't care what they wrote on the card, that we should be worried about catching the people that did this. Don't worry yes. about Trump and Biden on that. Doesn't matter Whatever. what they wrote on the card. What does the that matter? That did this. So what does it, yeah, what does it matter what they wrote on the car? Why does that matter? It doesn't matter what you write. If you spray paint a car that doesn't belong to you, you've committed a crime and probably a felony because cars are worth a lot of money. And the, the, what, the money it takes to fix that is into the thousands of dollars. So that's a felony. And those people, whoever did it and for whatever they wrote, need to be caught and go to jail and, and, and be charged with a serious felony crime and i don't know what what happened in, in the united states where it, it's turned into well it's okay if you break the law if you're on this side of the yeah. argument or, or if you, no if you break the law you should be arrested and charged no matter what law you broke and no matter what you did it's well, not you know? okay to break the law if you're a republican it's not okay to break the law if you're a democrat it's just wrong well you know what's funny is i love jalen waddle and if somebody wrote Jalen Waddle for president, spray painted on my car, I'd be pissed. I'd be, they'd be like, well, aren't you an Alabama fan? Yeah, I'm an Alabama fan, but it's my freaking car. It's a piece of shit. It's, but it's not a piece of shit. Why are you spray painting my shit? Spray paint your shit. That's exactly um, right. I mean, and, and so simple. It's so simple. And we make it, we make the simple so complex with all our butts and bouts. Yeah. yeah, but what about Antifa. Yeah. What about Trump? No, just everybody do what civility and the law requires. It's not hard. That'd be a pretty good, that'd be a good campaign slogan. Whoever's running for president, vote for me. I don't want people who support me spray painting cars. I think I'm, he's getting my vote. I don't know what his foreign (laughs) policy is, but he's getting my vote. All right, Jimmy, let's go back to football for a second. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Football. Football's Uh, a thing here. All right. I'm going to tell you, this kind of pissed, first of all, prayers to the Ole Miss tight end from oh, Sarah Lane, right. uh, Demarcus Thomas, who uh, had some sort of accident at Ole Miss. Um, and we don't know the specifics yet, but I've I read somewhere that he had some kind of issue way back when at Sarah Land too, and it, a sort of a similar thing happened. Um, now, I don't know if this is a I remember correct. that. Huh? I do remember. Now that you say that, I remember that. Yeah. He had an um, on-the-field incident at a uh, Saraland game where they had to uh, put him on the flatboard and cart him off. Yeah. So uh-huh. I don't know, um, it, you know, if this happened, somebody said it was a weightlifting accident, you know, happened in the weight room. Some people said it happened at practice. I don't know what it is, and, and I don't care. I just think we should all take a moment and think about this young man uh, because, number one, I mean, you want the kid to be – I don't care who you pull for uh, you just want him to be safe and sound. Number two, I mean, it is a, a former AHSAA guy, and that, that puts a you know, special place in my heart for him. But anyway, prayers up to him, and uh, we hope all is, is well uh, with DeMarcus for sure. Yep. Now, one other thing. The SEC doled out its punishment to Florida and to, and to Missouri. But um, Really, the story is a couple of guys got to miss half a game or some stupid crap, which makes no sense. I'm I'm so tired of this. If you do something in this game, you miss half a game next time. That's so dumb. But anyway, Dan Mullen is fined $25,000. And it dawned on me, that's the exact, for inciting a riot, essentially, 
he gets fined the same amount of money as Lane Kiffin for retweeting somebody. That to me is is unacceptable from the SEC office. I find that to be abhorrent. I don't see why in the world that Dan Mullen should be coaching this next week. I think he should be suspended. Here's my take, Jimmy. If you are, uh, if you get called for targeting on the field as a player, whether you meant to target or not, intent is irrelevant. You are suspended for half a game or whatever's left of that game or maybe half the next game. So why? Why isn't Dan Mullen at least suspended? Because they didn't suspend him in the game, at the Missouri game. So they should suspend him for the Georgia game. I want Florida to win that game. I want that to go on the record. I'm pulling for Florida. I'm not pulling for Dan Mullen. I think he owes the football world an apology for his part in this, and he's done a real horrible job with this by trying to distract his involvement by wearing a dead gum Darth Vader costume to the press conference. Yeah, I think it's outrageously poor leadership from the SEC office that we punish coaches less than we'd punish players because if a player incites a riot, I assure you he's going to be suspended. I assure you. Now, I guess they go, well, we can't find players, so we have to suspend them. We can find coaches. No, you know, in the NFL – uh, they they fine and suspend you when you do something that embarrasses the team in the league. And uh, Dan Mullen embarrassed uh, the SEC. Uh, he embarrassed Florida fans. And uh, I, I think it's outrageous. He, he, he should be suspended, period, uh, for at least a half and probably the full game because he didn't get suspended in the second half of, uh, of last week because we, that's, that's what we would do to a player and uh, why the players get harsh punishments and the, the coach – that damn sure is supposed to know better uh, is fined what amounts to pennies in a couch cushion because Florida's going to pay it, not Mullen. But even if Mullen has to pay it, that's nothing. That's like me or you getting fined a buck. You know, I mean, it's, it's just nothing. And uh, uh, I, I think it's outrageously bad the way they treated Kiffin uh, was overpunished. And now we really can see that Kiffin was overpunished. And to me, it was like sending a message to coaches, no matter what you act like, we're cool with it. We're fine. Well, it makes you wonder, what if this, what if this were Kiffin? What if this were Kiffin and forget the fact that, or, or maybe not Kiffin, what if this were, what if this were Mike Leach at Mississippi State? What if this were um, the coach at Arkansas? Uh, Sam Pittman. What if, what if it were somebody like that? Uh, somebody whose name isn't quite as big as as Dan Mullen and whose brand isn't as big as Florida's. You know that. And again, we are a blue blood, so I typically stand up for blue bloods. I mean, in the Final Four, I don't want Loyola Chicago. I want Kentucky, Duke, uh, UCLA, and uh, you know, throw out Syracuse. That's I would. That's a fine Final Four to me. That's great, unless Alabama can make it. Now. When it comes to the playoffs, I want the big boys. I don't want Memphis in there. I, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe Memphis is going to be able to work their way into or any American conference team can work their way into the playoffs on any given year because they don't play the same rigorous schedule we do. Now, so I I'm, I stand up for the Blue Bloods. But in this case, uh, I think the SEC is protecting them Mullen in Florida. And I think that's crap. I think it just – it feeds into the conspiracy theories about 
calls go in certain teams' ways, et cetera, et cetera. And I just don't like it. I, I think that the SEC should have looked at this, take off the brand, take off the coach's name. What if Lane Kiffin had done this? And forget that now the retort to that may be, well, we just found Lane Kiffin a week ago, and now he does something else, so we got to give him more. Forget the tweet thing. If this has just been the first incident with Lane Kiffin, they, they threw him under the bus. There's no doubt in my mind. Yep. Uh, yeah, it's just weak, weak leadership and weak uh... – uh, I hate the message it sends to the players. Uh, it, it almost sends a message of we don't take the fighting and the brawls that, you know, whatever. Uh, I, and and I watched it many, many, many times on tape. Wasn't watching it live when it happened. I was kind of busy watching Alabama uh, Saturday night. But uh, I did watch it multiple times. And the hostility on the field was incited by Dan Mullen. He agreed. He, he poured gasoline on it. Uh, now, it, now, I'm not saying it was 100% his fault. As a matter of fact, one other point I would like to make in my normal weekly rant about officiating, I agree with Florida being upset. I, I thought the hit on Trask was inexplicably not flagged. I thought it was borderline ejection bad. Agreed. Like, it was late and it was high. And I'm not saying it was targeting. I don't think it was necessarily targeting, but it doesn't have to be targeting for it to be unsportsmanlike. That was unsportsmanlike. It was late, it was high, and it could have seriously injured the kid, and there was no flag. And if there is anything that infuriates me about the officiating we get in this league, it's the lack of flags on player safety issues. The player safety issues should come first and foremost. You should throw a flag even if you're not sure. Because what we need to do is limit the amount of unnecessary flagrant hits. And that was unnecessary and flagrant. And uh, boo to SEC officials for not getting that call right. And that helped. No wonder Dan went nuts. If that was my kid. I would have gone nuts too. Okay. Now, that doesn't and I'm excuse with his you. behavior. I'm with you. I'm with you on the if it's my kid. But see, that's not Dan Mullen's kid. I know that as a coach of blah, 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 family and all that crap, buy into that if you want to. But I think there's a what, again, it goes back to the precedent for me. If if one of the offensive linemen had done that, I'd be like, okay, I kind of get it. You got to keep it cool, but I kind of understand. For a head coach to do it, it, it's just such a horrible. Oh, I'm not excusing the way Mullen. I know you're not. I know you're not. And I do think. It started with poor officiating. It, it definitely started with poor officiating. And no no one's bringing that up. <laughs> that's well, what started it. And see, that's where the SEC office screwed up again to me. I think the SEC office could say, okay, we have gone back and looked at everything. Here's, here's first things first. Yes, we believe that clearly should have been a flag. We understand. Yeah, uh, exactly. However, and see, the SEC could preface all this by saying that should have been a flag. But let me reiterate. Officials are human, just like quarterbacks throw interceptions and linebackers miss tackles. Occasionally an official misses a call. This was an egregious yep. miss. We will handle that internally. I think the world would yep. say, okay, we don't, we're still mad, but we buy that. Now, <laughs> on to the more pressing issue. One, two rights, I mean, two wrongs don't make a right. right. Three rights make a left. Yep. Two wrongs don't make a right. Um, all right, Jimmy, let's, uh, let me tell everybody about Built Go. I've, I've been meaning to do that again. It feels like I haven't told everybody about Built Go in a while, but I'm going to tell you about Built Go right now. Absolutely. I wish I had somewhere right now. Oh, it's, it, it just gives you all this energy. You know, you hit that wall in the afternoon. Built Go 
is so easy to take and so delicious. It's in one and a half ounce packages. You put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation you've ever had. I mean, it's fantastic. Or you just put it in your pocket to get through the day or you put it in your golf bag to get through the back nine, whatever you want to do. It's best. Uh, it's the best workout gel on the market, bar none. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. And I, believe me, I've had five-hour energies and uh, I've had that crash feeling. And I've also tried this, Built Go, and it does not give you that. It has three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And they're all really, really good. Again, I've had them all. It combines energy gel with collagen protein. The collagen protein that is a fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast uh, and it's easy on the stomach. It has beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick, just a little kick of caffeine. You want to go to builtgo.com, B-I, no, excuse me, B-U-I-L-T-G-O.com. Go there now. Use the promo code LOCKED. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's builtgo.com. All right, Jimmy, one thing I like to do on Tuesdays is talk about Alabama and the NFL. What a big, big week for former Tide players in the NFL this week. Man, I mean, it was so cool. Three guys go over 100 yards rushing, former Alabama players. Derrick Henry did. um, Josh Jacobs did. And, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm now – who's the other one, Jimmy? I'm losing it. Kenyon Drake? No, Kenyon Drake's hurt, bro. Uh, I don't know who the third one Damian is. That's Harris. What I was guessing. Damian Harris. Damian Harris had a big 22-yard touchdown run, too. Yep. He did. He went over 100 yards. He had 102 yards. That's the second time this year he's gone over 100 yards. Um, and, man, I'm, I'm so proud of him. He's, he's doing really well. Anthony Jennings he gets, played. Uh, he gets Thursday night football. Is it Thursday? No, he's, he's playing us next Monday night. Monday yeah. night football, Patriots-Jets. Thursday's actually Green Bay and San Francisco. That's going to be a fun game. Not really – I don't think – besides J.K. Scott and Obama alums, I don't think. But um, that's, going to be, that's going to be a fun game. Um, how about – you know, one guy we hadn't brought up who's a fan favorite is Tony Brown, crazy Tony Brown. He did make a special team tackle. He played for Cincinnati, but he, that's all he did. Um, Rashawn Evans started inside a linebacker for the Titans. He had six tackles. Derrick Henry, I mentioned him. 18 carries, 112 yards. If you have 18 carries, 112 yards in NFL, that tells me you're not getting the ball enough. And that may be the reason that Cincinnati beat the Titans uh, in sort of a a big-time upset. Um, Josh Jacob had another big day, 100 yards. The Raiders go into Cleveland and get a big win. Ronnie Harrison, uh, he led Cleveland with 10 tackles and broke up a pass. I didn't understand why Jacksonville gave him away. I do. But because Jacksonville gave everybody away. <laughs> I hope they got something good in return. Ronnie Harrison's a good player. He is, but it's it's like Jacksonville's trying to get fired. They just want to have the first pick every year. Um, Henry Ruggs didn't so do far, a, so good. Yeah, Henry Ruggs didn't do a ton in that game. He had two catches for eight yards. Uh, Mac Wilson had six tackles, including one on Josh Jacobs. That was a big hit. Um, Deshaun Hand for the Lions had four tackles and one behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, Reggie Ragland for the Lions also in their loss had two tackles. J.K. Scott only had one punt. It was a 38-yarder that went out of bounds at the Minnesota Six, though, so good for him. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you want. You know, you don't want to be brought up much as a punter. Nobody ever says, man, they got a kick-ass punter. (laughs) They always say, our punter sucks. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to soon do a deep dive into NFL punting stats to determine that because I don't know the answer to this. I mean, where would 
where would J.K. Scott rank among the best punters in the NFL? And I can tell you this, I know a lot of people go, well, let's just look at the, you know, the top 10 punting averages. That, that's, that's like batting average in baseball. I mean, yeah. it, it tells you a lot, but it don't tell you everything. And it, and it doesn't tell you definitively who the best guy is. That's just a stat. For instance, if you're back on your own 20 and you punt a ball 55 yards, but it's returned 30 because you hit a line drive, that sucks. And it goes down as a 55-yarder. But if you punt a 38-yarder like J.K. did and, and, and buried out of bounds inside the 10-yard line, that's a hell of a punt. So the 38-yard punt was a hell of a lot better than the 55-yard punt, but you won't see that in the stats. And that's why, in and of itself, that's not a good enough stat to tell who the best guys are. J.K. Scott is at 19 punts this year. Eight of them have been down inside the 20. That's pretty good. I would think that's really good. There needs to be some sort of thing like – like <laughs> kindergarten, like gold stars. Like yeah. every time the punter does a good job, you get a gold star. And at the end of the year, you just add up who has the most gold stars. That's that's a good idea. And I also, like you said, I think that's pretty good because I was like, you know what? I'm not sure that's good either. I don't know. I think it is. It sounds like, right. It's like when Jerry Seinfeld yeah. told Newman excitedly that his rooster, little Jerry Seinfeld, he ran all the way down to Newman's apartment in 6.8 seconds. And yeah. that Kramer was like, is that fast? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, oh uh, man, I got to go back to some of these uh, other players. Trayvon Diggs had a big game last night. Oh, two yeah. picks. I, I watched that game. Great. I say great game. Every time I watch an NFL game, I go, oh, that was a great game because I really enjoy watching NFL games. It's fun to watch games when you don't really have a dog in the fight. And you're just watching football. I love that. And uh, I enjoyed – that shows how much I love football. That was one shitty football game. <laughs> I mean, it really was. It was. <laughs> These are two bad teams screwing it up with a, a, a third team seventh round pick basically battling to a draw with Carson Wentz, who was awesome and for some reason is no longer even remotely good. And two bad teams, and the Eagles win because the Cowboys made five more mistakes than the Eagles made. And I was like, man, that was entertaining. That was good. No, I tried to watch some of that slop fest, and I was like, "Boy, you have to be, you have to be a diehard, damn it, or a degenerate gambler. Like, you have to be a regular gambler, even if you like gamble on the side. And you started watching this, you're like, you know what? I'm going to bed or watching an old murder she wrote or some shit like that. I can't watch this anymore. Only a degenerate gambler can watch that game, and it was uh, it was a game only a mother could love. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Quinnen Williams, who the Jets are actively trying to trade, um, he had three tackles, including two behind the line of scrimmage, and had a quarterback hit uh, against the Chiefs. And for some reason, the um, the the Jets just want to dump him. And and I think it's all because they're trying to you know tank for Trevor themselves. Yeah. Accumulate um, picks. I guess they're accumulating picks. Yeah. I, I, I I don't know. When when baseball teams do it, it makes so much more sense to me. I can never follow the logic behind some of the tanking moves. But how about Q? Have you seen uh, Q's commercial, the Todd oh, commercial with Peyton Manning? It's brilliant. I have, brilliant. Like, I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. I've watched it five times. Uh, and, and first of all, kudos to Q, who his acting in it stunned me. I was like, Q like did this commercial like he's done 15 of them. I mean – Q did a good job in it. He he wasn't he wasn't obviously reading a teleprompter like that a robot. Great. I mean, he he acted it out. And um what stunt I mean, I'm like, do Joe football fan who's watching this, Joe, and I'm not talking about me and Lou, I'm talking about yeah. 
pick a random football fan from Utah, and he's watching this, does he know who uh, on site who Quinnen Williams is? And then when Quinnen names all these Alabama guys by one name, Reggie, Julio, does Joe, U, Joe football fan from Utah know that Alabama has put all these guys in the league? Those are all Alabama. I mean, I'm just watching it going, well, this is going to play great in Alabama, but does everybody in Utah know what the hell's going on here? No, I, I have the same thought. And uh, like, is anybody, how many people are going to get the tied to tied tie-in, you know? Yeah, yep. I mean, that's the whole catch of it. And I think it would have been better if they could have worked that in somehow, but I guess legally they couldn't. And probably legally all they could do was say the first name of some of these guys or they'd have to pay them too, right? Yeah, but, you know, even with faces, I mean, is Q that – I mean, maybe he is. I mean, certainly recognizable to me. Of course, I've recognized that dude since he was in the 11th grade. But it's a little different when you host a podcast about Alabama football. Yeah, I know these guys. But – I, I was just stunned. I, I just stunned that Quentin Williams could be in a national commercial, and it doesn't explain in writing across the screen <laughs> the large, the large person, the large person you were looking at on your screen. His name is Quentin Williams. He plays for the Jets, and in college he played for Alabama. I thought I thought this would have to be explained to the audience, but apparently not. Yeah, it needs subtitles, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and how about Jed Will? See, I think here's 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 sim- this is what I'm saying. The Baker Mayfield progressive commercial, which is very, very funny, about the book club that's got Jed Wills in it. Yeah. He's, he's in the commercial. I will bet you, Luke, three-quarters of the nation, three-quarters of the nation that watch that and laugh yeah. do not know that that is Jed Wills and he plays offensive tackle for the Browns. They just think he's any other random actor. No, you I don't are 100% think, right. I think only Alabama fans and Cleveland Brown fans – Watch that and go, oh, hey, that's hilarious. That's Jed Wills because Joe football fan in Utah, he, again, he has no he, – he heard of Jed Wills the year Jed comes out in the draft and is the 10th pick, but he can't pick his face out, especially Jed Wills' face. It changes every six months. And then um, we sh- we got to – right here at the end, we got to bring up Tua. Tua had his first start. It wasn't uh, this grandiose coming out party with 400 yards passing. It was fine. It was not bad. He had a dime of a touchdown pass. He squeezed through a keyhole. Um, otherwise, I think his whole job after Miami got uh, what a couple of, a defensive touchdown, a special teams touchdown. They also got uh, a, another touchdown off of like a defensive turnover that got down to like the five. Um, and the Dolphins just they 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 put it together, and the whole team sort of rallied around Tua, which I appreciate. And uh, I thought they played really well. And Tua's job was to get the win, and that's what he did. Um, so I- I'm I'm digging that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on the goods, on the plus side, I would say what Tua did was what we never asked him to do at Alabama. There was some game management yesterday. The Dolphins end up shockingly with a big lead, and then at that point, you can almost sense the game plan change from Tua go out and win the game for us, please. To Tua, don't screw this up. Yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. And, and and I don't think enough people give credit to quarterbacks who just go out and win the game because um, yeah. that, that's their first thing is to go out there and win the game. So kudos to Tua for winning his first start, not blowing it like most as that Dallas Cowboy rookie quarterback last night. He didn't exactly go out and win the game. Uh, he, he lost and a lot of it was on him. Uh, but Tua won the game and that's great. Uh, now, on the other side, Tua, you got to play better than that, man. 
and he will. He will. He'll play better than that the more he plays. Um, I agree. All right. Well, let's going to wrap it up for this episode of Locked On Bama. Guys, go check out Home Field Apparel too. Use the code Locked On Bama get twenty percent off. I've already ordered some shirts. You cool stuff. Order. I mean, it's really cool stuff. I'm, I'm not just saying that because they they sponsor us. The the shirts are great. I've not ordered mine yet, but I am going to. I've already picked out what I want. And uh, I'm ordering two shirts from them myself because I, I love them. It has nothing to do with the fact that they are our sponsors. They're, they're just real neat, neat shirts, neat logos, uh, new. They're new and fresh, even though they're vintage. They're still new. And uh, I think I think the cool kids are going to wear these things. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.